Hey friends, it's Ian from TV's The Recovering Gleek colon Ugly Podcast. When Lena and I first decided to make this podcast, we quickly realized we had literally zero idea of how to make that happen. Thankfully, a friend of ours recommended the podcasting platform Anchor. Anchor is free. It has all of the tools you need to record and edit your podcast from your phone or computer. You can even add songs from Spotify into it. And the absolute most amazing thing about Anchor is that they will distribute your podcast for you. So anywhere that you listen to Recovering Gleek, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, whatever weird third-party app you're using, it is there because Anchor put it there. And the icing on the cake is that you can make money from your podcast through Anchor with no minimum listenership. All you have to do is record an ad, which is why I am recording an ad right now, because I want money very badly. It is everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome to Recovering Gleek, a podcast for all of your complicated feelings about the TV show Glee. Happy birthday (laughs) to you. Happy day before your birthday to you. Except when we post this, it'll be the day after. So happy bookends of your birthday. To you. Thank you. And Ian. that's what you call dissonance oh at the end. Oh my god. Honestly, I love for, it. For those of you who don't know music, <laughs> that is called. For those of you who don't have music degrees, that's called spicing some jazz into the song. It's what professionals do. Yeah. Just learn to be a professional. Hi. Welcome to Recovering Gleek. My name is Lena Knatzer, and I am a Gleek. My name is Ian Allard. <laughs> I am a Gleek. We're very excited because we're coming at you live from Lena's bedroom. At like 10 a.m., an is... hour that neither of us know very well. I I am so not a morning person. woken up maybe at 11 a.m. most days for the last few months. Yeah. I truly do not see 10 a.m. No. I am asleep fully. And I have a class at 10 a.m., but I wake up absolutely, I swear to God, minutes before because I go from here to right here. For oh, those that's of you right, at home, because of Zoom. Yeah, because <laughs> I'm literally, I'm t- like, I can touch my bed and then touch my desk at the same time. And then if I don't turn my, like, my camera on. Yeah, I would just be in what I was sleeping in. Literally. Which is what I'm in right now. To literally. Be fair. Me too. Um,. <laughs> I had a class, I had a 9 a.m. class my freshman year, and I did have to go to class, and I would still wake up Mm -hmm. most days at 8.50. Yeah, some of my first memories of you (laughs) are seeing you walking to class in your gym jammies. Heck yeah, my friend, uh, friend of the podcast, Tammy Colombo, used to refer to uh, just going about your day in pajamas as Ian Allred Chic. Oh my god, (laughs) that is so funny. Because... I showed up in pajamas to class like every day my freshman year. It was not professional. Sorry, professors that I had. Oh, well. Do you know where we were a year ago today? Yes, I do. A year ago today, everyone. (laughs) um, Lena and I, well, a year ago right now, we were just living life. But a year ago tonight, Lena and I drove all night night. to Anaheim, California. (laughs) 
<laughs> so we could spend her birthday in Disneyland. Yeah, literally. And we arrived in, in Anaheim at like what five o'clock? Yeah, it was like five a.m. And we tried to get we tried to get an hourly motel so that we could just sleep for like three hours, but they were all work. full yeah. for some reason. Literally, we were we were wandering around Anaheim, being like, we are the Mary and Joseph of Disneyland right now. <laughs> <laughs> we could, we could <laughs> not. Like, there's no the room at any of the inns. <laughs> And your poor brother and your poor sister-in-law were like, guys, just find something. Just find something. And we finally settled on sleeping in a McDonald's parking lot. Seriously, we parked in front of the McDonald's and slept in the car and then went into the McDonald's, into the bathroom so that Lena and my sister-in-law could, like, do their hair and makeup. And my brother and I could, like, put on deodorant. (laughs) And then we went to Disneyland. But the the thing is, is I could not sleep at all. Mm -hmm. And Alex... Yelling yeah, at me he and Sammy. was not pleased. <laughs> I was like texting Sammy. I was like, "See me? I can't sleep." And Alex was like, "Shut up!" <laughs> so funny. Oh, oh my, my gosh. gosh! And then we what went to Disneyland. And then during lunch, we were sitting at a cafe, oh, no. and someone started. The piano started playing Claire de Lune. Is I that what he played? Rem- I really don't remember. Because you instantly started crying. I. You know what I think it was? I think it was Lavian Rose. Oh, it was. It was yeah. Lavian Rose. That's and my you favorite song of all time. Immediately started crying, and we were all like, "Lena, are you okay?" And you go, "It's just, it's my birthday. We're at Disneyland, and you started playing my favorite song." <laughs> and it wasn't just like tearing up; it was, no, it was like weeping, sobbing. <laughs> and it's also, you know, it's Disneyland in the middle of the day. I hadn't slept in literally twelve hours. Really? Oh my gosh! You and me went to Zaxby's the day before, and then we both took like four Benadryl. <laughs> like 6 p.m the deal we made so the reason we left so late is this was back when lena and i had professional acting jobs before theater (laughs) wasn't a thing oh seriously the biggest rest in peace to that (laughs) um and my it was when we were in joseph my brother was also in joseph and my sister-in-law was my brother was also in a production of hamlet that we were not in Mm -hmm. and hamlet was performing that night so we couldn't leave until hamlet was over Mm -hmm. so it was decided that since he had to be awake through hamlet he could sleep in the car and Lena and I would uh, take as much Benadryl as our bodies could handle. <laughs> and after the matinee of Joseph, we would just sleep for like seven hours. And then we would be the ones driving all night. Uh, we had like a group Marco Polo. And I remember Marco Poloing Alex when I woke up. And he's like, you should not be up yet. <laughs> <laughs> Best birthday ever, though, you know. That was a very good day. We just stayed for the one day because we had to leave. Because we, so we, sh- we literally had a show on Saturday, had a show on Monday. Yeah, wow. Yeah, so we drove all night, went to Disneyland, and then Lena and I slept on the way back. Yeah. And Alex and Sammy drove, Mm -hmm. and then we performed that night. Yeah. And it was pretty extreme. It was. And then we also went and saw a show that night. Wait. Did we? We saw Coriolanus. Was that that night? I think so. Did we do a show and then see Coriolanus? That was very stupid of us if we did. But Well, well I think it was the only day we could see it. Yeah, it probably is true. Mm, anyway, back to Glee. Well, uh, let's go on. <laughs> Lena does have class. I so. do have class at noon. Isn't <clears throat> that fun? So l- let's get into uh, Glax, you know? Tell me your Glax. Tell me your Glax. Okay, so... I have extra Glax today because... Oh, yay! So the reason I'm in Cedar City is actually because... Um, so for those of you who listen to this podcast, who live in Cedar City and are friends with me and are mad that I didn't tell you I was in town... It's also a pandemic, so... It is a pandemic, so I can't actually see most of you. And beyond that, my brother and his wife are moving soon, 
and to like the other side of the country. So I came to Cedar City to see them and spend time with them before they move. And during spending time with each other, I was watching Glee with Alex. He is finally watching it. So two down. Wow. Um, Two more to go. No, three more to go. Three more to go. Talking about family members that are watching it. Oh, okay. I thought you were talking about your siblings. No, I'm counting my dad. He will never watch it, but I'm counting him. Yes. Um, But we were watching it, and I realized... He, so my brother, I like have never said this on the podcast, but I feel like most of you have picked it up from context who don't know me. I am a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, also known as the Mormon Church, so I am Mormon. When I talked about how I like served a mission for my church last episode, it was the classic like Book of Mormon musical, left for a foreign country for two years. <laughs> so my brother served his mission from spring of 2009 to 2011 so he missed glee in like the biggest years of glee so he heard about the show a lot when he came back but he came back after season two had ended and that's when glee was kind of like fading a little bit and so he i realized truly did not realize how big of a deal glee was he thought that it was just like really popular with theater kids and i was like no you don't understand like it was popular period and then I was kind of telling him how big of a deal it was. And he was like, I had no idea that this was such a thing. And he said, you should share this stuff on your podcast. Because like a lot of people, especially if they were like younger then, probably mm-hmm. didn't realize how oh, big sure. this show was. So I have... Thanks, Alex. Thanks. So shout out to Alex Allred. I have two sections of these glacks. One is on the Glee phenomenon and one is just on this episode. Awesome. I love it. So here's the Glee phenomenon. So... As we mentioned, Glee just started on Fox. It was an idea that Ian Brennan had, blah, blah, blah. So the first season was 13 episodes. That's what Fox ordered, which is why when you watch the 13th episode, when they go to sectionals, it feels like a season finale because it was the season finale. Mm-hmm. And then Glee was so popular that Fox was like, oh my gosh, we need to get more episodes out of this. So after they had wrapped the first season, Fox was like, just kidding, we need you to make nine more. Which is why, A, the second half of season one Mm -hmm. is so drastically different, and the budget is so much bigger, and they have, like, Olivia Newton-John on it. And, B, why the second half of season two did not air until, like, March. Because the sectionals aired in December, then there was, like, a three-month gap, and it was because they had to film all of season nine. Hey, this is Ian from the future. I don't know exactly what happened to my brain while I was talking just then, but what I meant to say was the second half of season one aired in March because they had to film the nine episodes that Fox had added on to the first season after it was such a huge hit. Back to the podcast. Also, it was so popular While season one was still airing, Fox not only greenlit a second season, but a third season. That is mad. They were like, this show for sure, no matter what, is going to run for two more years. It was all over the award season. It was the first season was nominated for 19 Emmy Awards and it won four of them. Over the run of the show, it was nominated for over 150 awards, not just Emmys, but just like awards in general and won 70 of them. I remember the Emmys in 2010 because the show was so popular. They were hosted by Jimmy Fallon, and the opening sketch was a parody of Glee that had Jane Lynch, Corey Monteith, Chris Colfer, Leah Michelle, and Amber Riley in it. 
also at the Tony Awards that year, they had Leah Michelle and Matthew Morrison perform and introduce them as like Leah Michelle and Matthew Morrison from Glee. Mm -hmm. um, the show had, we've talked about this a little bit, but I personally didn't realize how big these tours were. The show had two tours, one after the first season, one after the second season, and then the second season tour then became the 3D movie that Lena snuck into <laughs> when she was 14. I think that's lost in the last episode. I don't but think you, they know But you but you reference it. I in do. Another oh, episode. you're right, you're right. <laughs> I get lost. But, Honestly, what do people know? What do people not know? The first tour was completely sold out. Wow. And the second tour was completely sold out except for one performance at the Staples Center in Los Angeles. And the Staples Center six seats, hello, the Staples Center sits 26,000 mm -hmm. people and over 25,000 of the seats were sold. It was just under 1,000 that weren't sold. Wow. But they were like, they. it was an arena tour. So they were constantly in venues that sat like upwards of 10 yeah. or 20,000 people. Also, I found out looking at this that they performed at the Dodge Theater in Phoenix at the height of my glee phase, and I wasn't aware. <gasps> oh my gosh! Wow, what a betrayal the younger me. Honestly, that feel that feels like it makes sense to me though. Like, oh yeah. You seem like a person who's like you know about the show, but also like it could be ha you like whatever's happening out here. I'm gesturing like behind me to the people <laughs> who aren't looking at me. Like you just like aren't aware of that makes sense. Yeah. No, I'm not surprised, but I am disappointed. Hurt. That not hurts. mad. Just disappointed. I watched all the videos, though. So I watched some of them last night, and that's when I was like, wait, how big were these venues? Because I yeah. was watching a shot from the con like the 3D movie concert when they taped it, and there's an like an aerial view of the of the venue, and the stage looks like an ant. Like, mm -hmm. there are so many freaking people there. It is mind-blowing. Have you been to a concert? You haven't, right? The concerts I've been... <laughs> so here's the concert <laughs> I've been to, everyone. I'm not a big concert person. My first ever concert was the Jonas Brothers, and the opener was the cast of Camp Rock to the Final Jam. Oh, no way, Jose. The That's reason, awesome. The reason I went is because my friend... Uh, I had two friends named Mary and Christy, and they loved the Jonas Brothers. And they were going to go see the Jonas Brothers concert. And then the day of, something came up and Christy could not go. <gasps> Christy, no. And Mary came up to me and she was like, I can't find a replacement. You don't have to pay me back. I just don't want oh. the ticket to go to waste. And I was like, it's free. Heck yeah, yeah. I'll go. And I went. And um, first of all, we were the oldest people there. <laughs> and then second of all, I was the only man there who was not a dad. Yeah. And I was like, while well, living my true life, the Jonas Brothers opened by the cast of Camp Rock 2, the final jam. Honestly, that's not surprising that that's the concert you've been right? to. First concert. And then I've been to a, oh no, my dad's going to hate me. I can't remember his name. He <laughs> sings, he sings, I've seen fire and I've seen rain. Ba -da -ba. James Taylor. I've been to a mm. James Taylor concert because that was for my dad's birthday. So we all went. And straight up, that might be it. Really? Yeah, I don't think I've been to any other concerts. Interesting. Yeah. I've been to, like, upwards of hundreds. No, not word. hundreds. But, like, in high school, I used to, like, go to, like, $5 concerts, like, at least once a week. And then my dad has... My dad's been in a band, like, for as long as I can remember. Mm -hmm. So, like... <clears throat> I remember going to his shows at like a very young age. I've been to so like it was just like a thing that we went mm -hmm. to concerts. We went to concerts as families, and like I went with my sisters a ton. So, I've been to my sister and her husband are in a band, 
and I've been to like their concerts. They are in a band. Yeah, they are. Oh my shitty, gosh. shitty band band, everyone. Shitty, shitty band band, go check <laughs> them out. They're on Spotify. Go check them they out. They actually are very good. I know. Listen, I went to one. Of, I went to their concert last year that we held on our school campus, and it was. It's oh my fun. gosh, so fun. They also do this thing at the end of their concert where they will just hand out uh, percussion <gasps> yeah. instruments to like X amount of members of the audience and then everyone just goes on stage and plays percussion instruments while they sing their last song. It was it's very fun. so fun. It's a good time. Great time. Shitty Shitty Band Band. Shitty Check Shitty Band Band. What's up? Aaron does listen to this podcast, so hey, Aaron. Hey, Aaron. <clears throat> okay, so the tour was in North America and then the second tour was in North America and the UK. And... Every, oh wait, I already said that, just kidding. And together, the two tours made $45 million. Huge effing deal. Here's some other things about how big Glee was. There were three Glee books. They were titled Glee the Beginning, Glee Foreign Exchange, and Glee Summer Break. (laughs) They were like fiction books that some writer wrote about Glee, like professional (sighs) fan fiction. Oh my gosh. I love professional fan fiction. That is like the weirdest niche of like books that exist. Like when people like hire professional writers, writers. to like write fan fiction about their movie. It's like sponsored it's by Fox. Bizarre to me. I remember one of my favorite movies of all time, Jennifer's Body. I got like a random like fan fiction of it, like in like a consignment bookstore. And I was like, why do I? Uh, never mind. That doesn't make <laughs> Have you read fan fiction? Yes, I have. Okay, I'm a huge fan fiction person. <laughs> it always, I'm. If you do fan fiction and it's your thing, good for you. Every time I read it, I'm always like, but this isn't what actually happened. Like, I cannot, even if it's the most well written fan fiction in the world, oh. I can't get into it. Cause I'm like, but this isn't what happened. I, I you read can fan dream fiction. it as much as you want, but it's not true. You're such a turd. I, I read fan fiction nearly daily. I'm obsessed with fan fiction. Whoa. Is that a tidbit about me you didn't need to know? No, that's that. And I read I Glee fan fiction. No, I don't. <laughs> I read Star Wars <laughs> fan fiction. Duh. Of course. Okay, so at in the heyday of Glee, this is just from my memory. So there's probably more things that I'm forgetting. It was referenced in The Office. There was that whole episode where they were like having yeah. a Glee watching party. Um, it was there was an entire episode of the TV show Community that was spoofing Glee. Yes. I remember they referenced Glee on the Cleveland show. And I remember The Simpsons had an episode that starred the Glee cast, and it was huge, and they advertised the crap out of it. Yeah. There was probably more that I don't remember. Um, everyone and their freaking mother wanted to be on Glee. We had, like, Gwyneth Paltrow, who is an Academy Award winner, had Jeff Goldblum, Shirley MacLaine, Whoopi Goldberg, Sarah Jessica Parker, many, many more. A million famous people wanted to be on the show. And also, the facts about the music of Glee are insane to me. Yeah. So, most singles to hit the Billboard Hot 100 in a single year was 34. It was set by the Beatles in 1964. Uh-oh. And then, in 2010, the Glee cast beat that record of 34 singles, and they had 80 singles chart in the, the Billboard Hot 100. Yeah. Oh, my God. And then, in 2011, Glee surpassed Elvis Presley as the musical act to have the most songs placed on the Hot 100. Don't Stop Believing was certified gold in October of 2009, which is like one month after the show started airing. And then it went uh, platinum in March of 2011. The first six albums that the show released were all number one in the U.S. and all of them went triple platinum. It is insane. Oh my gosh. And then 
there was the Glee project we may have referenced before, but for those of you who don't know, there was literally this TV show had a reality TV show mm-hmm. where people competed to be on Glee. Yeah. And my favorite uh, fact that I found, because it's so insane, is that First Lady Michelle Obama invited the cast of Glee to sing at the White House for their Easter celebration. Like, the Obamas themselves asked the cast to sing at the White House. So yeah, Glee was a huge effing that deal. That is madness <laughs> to me. I think I knew that. Like, none of this is surprising to me, but it's just weird to hear, you know? It's weird because we were young enough that it wasn't weird to us. Yeah. But then when we revisit the show and we're like, the whole like, world was obsessed with this thing. I know. And also, like, why? I mean, it's great. I love it. I love Glee so much, but also... No, it's How, bu- it is bizarre that like this was the show. Like what what stars were aligning that like made it the thing that it was? That's madness. It's so freaking crazy. And so. also, why aren't why aren't these actors more like more like well known? Yeah. Well, or like why didn't they do more things? Or like you know all these. Honestly, one. Glee is a lot like how I feel about Twilight, where it was the biggest thing on earth, but for a very mm-hmm. short amount of time. Like, I know that we're in the Twilight Renaissance. I know that we that's a thing. We are in the Twilight Renaissance. But in reality, TikTok is in the Twilight Renaissance. The world isn't. Yeah. Twilight was the biggest thing on Earth, but it was just a flash in the pan. It was the biggest thing on Earth for like five years, and then it was gone. But Robert Pattinson is Batman now. No, he's st- he's still big. Yeah. And Kristen Stewart's still pretty big, too. But like, mm-hmm. Twilight itself has disappeared pretty sure. much. And I feel the same way about Glee. Like, there's things like Friends that are the biggest thing on Earth and are still so prevalent yeah. in society. But then things like Twilight and Glee were the biggest thing on Earth for, like, two years and then just completely... Because Glee, it's shocking that it was so big and it only lasted six seasons. I know. But it is because it took such a nosedive that, like, all the fans were jumping ship, me included. So the ratings just tanked and they had to end it that early. And also, um, straight up, Glee is cursed. Like... I... I I truly believe that. And that's not me saying that the show is actually cursed, although I'm not not saying it's actually I'm cursed. I'm saying that. I'll but say But more just to have that many green actors that were that young to have such huge fame so fast. So fast. It, like, really messed up a lot of I'm them. I'm sure it did. Especially because I don't, like, other than, like, Jane Lynch and Jane Lynch isn't even it in is a lot of movies. just Jane Lynch that has like continued to be a big deal. And also like Jane Lynch like did a few movies beforehand, mm-hmm. but like even she like wasn't as big, you know, and all these actors, all the kids, I had never seen them in anything, mm-hmm. you know. Well, for even... most of them, it was their first. Yeah. Like TV job. And then for the other ones, they were like, yeah, I had like a bit part in one episode of a exactly. TV show before. They were like, I have an, I've, I'm an SVU one time. Are any of them an SVU? I, I have no <laughs> idea. I've never watched that show. <laughs> um, Kevin McHale's in The Office. But oh. What was I going to say? Oh, but most of the Glee actors who have continued to do well, Darren Chris has also done well. Actually, Oh, was. yeah. Darren but, Chris. Wow. But most of them who have continued to do well have done well because they've moved away from acting. Like, Jenna Ushkowitz mostly produces now, mm-hmm. and she has a Tony Award for producing. What? Um, yeah, she helped for produce what? the revival of Once on this Island. <gasps> oh, yeah, my she gosh. Got Tony. Um, Chris Colfer mostly writes now. Yeah. And so they've all kind of like, I, I don't know what it was about Glee, but either their lives spun out of control 
or they just like purposely moved away from the acting yeah. spotlight. And I wonder, like, I've seen interviews with Chris Colfer where he's like, if you recognize who I am, I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. <laughs> and I'm like, I wonder, like, if it's like a real source of shame for them, this show. Well, okay. This is like so much to get into right now. I know. But one, this show was so polarizing and that people a lot of people weren't apathetic about it. It was either people were obsessed with it, like me, mm-hmm. or they absolutely hated it. Yeah, So definitely. I'm sure, especially Chris Colfer at, like, 19, to have people either be like, I'm in love with you, you're my favorite person ever, or, like, you're not talented and the show is stupid is, like, so much to go, to, like, deal with. And then another issue I have with the show is the writers are so funny, and they have, they write, like, such good villains because they mm-hmm. write, like, such good such like devastating takedown lines but part of the issue is often those takedowns are takedowns of the actors themselves and it and it one even if you're not young that's still really hard to have scripts that are consistently not making fun of your character but making fun of you but if you were like early 20s and the writers like chris colford doesn't like singing anymore because they always made fun of his singing voice and then Cordover Street, who isn't in the show yet, so spoiler alert, he I heard him talking about where when he's in pictures, he instinctively sucks his lips Aww. in because he's self-conscious about how big his mouth is. Because they wrote a because song they called cons- Trouty Mouth. And it's yeah. not just like they made one joke about mm-hmm. Sam's mouth. They always make jokes about his mouth. Yeah. So I think it did just like kind of mess mm-hmm. up their self-esteem a lot. No, I totally get that. I think that's a hard thing with like Ryan Murphy's humor and like working with such young people and like it's such just... and people who you know have not been in the this the industry very long. Mm-hmm. And it also just like if you're writing, learn the difference between your character and the actor playing your character. I know that's so hard, but like especially with Glee, I think so many of these characters are so similar to their actors. Yeah. Like Rachel and Santana and like you know even Kurt, like, I think those are a lot based on their yep. real-life personalities. That is true. Oh, my gosh. All right, let's get to Glax about uh, Throwdown specifically. <laughs> Throwdown! <laughs> uh, Throwdown! <laughs> okay, so Throwdown aired on October 14th, 2009. What a time. Merry October, you know. It was written by Brad Fulchuk. It was directed by Ryan Murphy. Mm. Originally, the, ti- the episode was titled Smackdown. Interesting. Uh, but then they weren't allowed to use SmackDown because Fox is like, it'll be confusing with mm. WWE SmackDown. Yeah. I, I really hate when I'm going to watch WWE. And, and then, then you're then like, some... it's at, why are these kids singing? Yeah, Fight each kids other. television show. Throw a chair. <laughs> well, it does start, you know, they are, they are yelling at each other. And they Not do, a lot of chairs, though. they do kick a lot of chairs. They do kick a lot of chairs. They don't throw them at each other, but a, a lot of chairs were harmed in the making and of the, this TV show. And the way Will throws down his papers i was literally i i i bled it was terrible <laughs> i there's this one tiktok i saw this one time <laughs> that that's my favorite phrase first of all i don't i don't know if we're far enough into the show to notice this yet but finn's go-to move when he's mad is he kicks over some chairs like that's his <laughs> go-to move and there's a tiktok i saw one time where it was the chair in the choir room with someone's face on it and it says the choir room chairs every time that Finn starts to get mad. And it goes, I think I've seen this film before and I didn't like the ending. <laughs> <laughs> that is so funny. Oh my gosh. Okay. So um, it wasn't titled Smackdown. It was titled Throwdown. It is the first <laughs> episode to not include a main character because Emma does not appear in this episode at all. 
Um, oh. You know, Gwyneth Paltrow is mentioned in this episode where Finn is like, I was thinking about how Gwyneth Paltrow named her baby Apple. And not only does Gwyneth Paradox. Paltrow eventually guest star on this show numerous times, mm-hmm. but her first appearance is exactly one season after this episode. Aww. So this is uh, season one, episode seven, and she's on season two, episode seven. I didn't realize it was so far back. I thought she would be in this season for some reason. Oh, no, she doesn't. She doesn't come back until the show is 100% fame-obsessed. Yeah. Sure, sure, sure. Which it starts to get fame-obsessed at the end of season one, but mm-hmm. season two, it goes all in. I cannot wait. Uh, it's, it's exciting. Um, This is Mike Chang has his very first line in this yeah. season, in this episode. Also, like, one of only two lines he has the entire first season. He says, I can pop and lock. What's up, Mike Chang? I love you, we Mike Chang. We know you can. Jane Lynch's performance in this episode was hailed by critics, which it should be. Yes, it's amazing. Um... With critics from the Wall Street Journal and Zap to it, which what the heck is Zap to it? I, I got know. all this information from Wikipedia. They <laughs> called her performance Emmy worthy. Did and she ever win an guess Emmy? Guess what happened? She won an Emmy Good. for the season. It's she, what she deserves. She may have won more. I don't know, but she did win an Emmy for the first season, and it is what she deserves. Yeah. Um. Also, just a fun fact about this episode that I am just going to mention in Glax. Quinn goes in for her ultrasound and they find out the baby is a girl Mm -hmm. they wouldn't know the baby's a girl (laughs) she is i looked it up she is 10 weeks pregnant and you cannot tell sex until minimum 14 weeks Mm. because babies do not even have genitals at 10 weeks right yeah so dr chin is just pulling it out of her butt she's like i don't know it might as well be a girl right honestly this doctor if If, like, the board of doctors, whatever they're freaking called, found out about his malpractice, no, Dr. Chin, he would get in Dr. so Chin much trouble. is the woman. There's two doctors in this episode. There's oh. the woman that Quinn goes oh, to, which yes, is Dr. Yes, Chin, yes, yes, and then there's yes. Dr. Wu, who is who Kendra and Terry go to. And they're both a malpracticing. Oh. Because Dr. Chin is just lying to people She's about the sex of their them. baby. Yes, yes, yes. And then Dr. Wu is fully lying to people about whether yes. someone is pregnant or and not. And Kendra mentions there's only two OBs in town. Mm-hmm. I remember, I remember, I remember. All right. So I this... was too distracted about Quinn wearing her uniform. Cheerleading uniform? She's like, don't mess up my uniform. I was like, Quinny, girlfriend. <laughs> the songs in this episode are Hate on Me by Jill Scott. Mm-hmm. No Air by Jordan Sparks mm-hmm. featuring mm-hmm. Chris Brown. Blah. Um, you keep me hanging on by the Supremes. Mm-hmm. Keep holding on by Avril, Avril Lavigne. Lavigne. They were like, we need people to keep something keep on something. in this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a little bit of Ride with Me by Nelly featuring City Spud. Fun fact: one, that scene is live. They're singing live when they do really? Ride with Me. Oh, I and love two, it. it wasn't in the script. Oh yeah. The cast was just singing Ride with Me backstage one day. And Ryan liked it, so he put it in the script. That's so sweet. That is so All right. sweet. And that's your glacks. That's some good glacks. All right. Thank you, Zama. You're welcome. Oh, oh my gosh. Hear me out. It's so nice to do this show with you in the room. Right. Because, whoa. Lag, Lag who? Lag who? We are right here, right now. Mm-hmm. Honestly. Wait, I have. Okay. So I've been doing a lot of Zoom meetings recently, right? So. It's so funny to me that sometimes I will be like talking to people and then I will hesitate to say things with them. Like if they're quoting something, I'll hesitate to say it with them because I was like, ugh, it's going to lag. In real life. Isn't that madness? <laughs> Literally, like it's 
And I'm like, wait, I'm in real life. I don't have to worry about any lag. I can sing a song with them. That's the worst is when someone is singing on Zoom and then you try to sing with them but forget there's a lag. So then they hesitate to get on with you, but then mm-hmm. you think they're off. So mm-hmm. then you hesitate and then it all goes to crap. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's get into this um, episode. <laughs> I think I will record something. Let's just like do something that you do because you're so bad that you do it so well it's so bad doesn't matter (laughs) it matters to me hey kids coming to you live from my birthday it's the very next day ian's gone and i am alone and it's my birthday oh my god so i'm hurt i'm sure you heard me just do my fortnightly complain moment where i complain about ian doing a great job and me doing an absolutely terrible job so i have put together a little recap of the episode and I'm going to do my darndest to do it in an Ian style because listen, he always says I don't have to do it this way, but listen, it's so good when he does it and I'm jealous. Hijinks and Sue, when Will and Sue have split the Glee Club up into two separate groups. Sue's kids, comprising of Mercedes, Santana, Tina, Mike, and Kurt, and Matt versus the ones left with Rachel, Finn, Puck, Quinn, and Brittany. Sue's kids begin to express feelings of being unheard by Mr. Shu and the rest of the Glee Club. We learn that Quinn and Finn's baby is a girl, so Terry has to quickly devise a plan to fake an ultrasound at the doctor when Will insists to go with her to the doctor. Sue's kids and the rest of them (laughs) have a competition to see who will perform first at sectionals, and Will and Sue have a big fight, and all the kids decide to storm out in anger. Jacob and Israel is gross to to Rachel again, and Sue finds out about it, and Jacob tells her that Quinn is pregnant. Bum, bum, bum. Back to your episode. Hey, Ian, I'm really sorry I sent this to you really late. Um, I love you, buddy. Bye. Okay. I want to, just at the top, so mm-hmm. that it's not hanging over us, I yes. want to address the elephant in the room of this episode. Yeah, the elephant in the, in the room of this episode. This episode sure. is, like, way big on uh, people of color, but in a bad way. Yeah. Where it is just, like, a lot of racist jokes. Certainly I want to say appropriate way. I want to say two things about it. One... A lot of the butt of the joke is Sue, that the mm-hmm. joke is, like, Sue is so ridiculous that, like, because it's just, like, Sue trying to be self-righteous and holier than thou by actually being even more racist. And so, on one hand, I do like that aspect of it. On the other hand, it is, one, it is uncomfortable and sometimes it crosses a line. Beyond that, it is frustrating to me that this episode is all about like how Will only focuses on uh, Rachel and Finn who Mm -hmm. are like the white leads and all the people of color in the choir kind of get ignored. Um, And then Glee itself does that literally constantly. Yeah. That like Rachel, which like Leah Michelle is the lead of the show. So like, of course she is going to do the most. But the issue is it's not close. It's Mm -mm. not like Rachel does the most, but like these other characters do a lot, just a little bit less. It is like, so Rachel does like Leah Michelle far and away has so many more solos, so many more storylines than Mercedes, Santana, Tina, like (laughs) the Tina of it all, the Tina of it all that that's when I was watching it. When I was watching this episode with my brother, cause we were watching Glee and he was noticing how 
Mike never speaks, which isn't as glaring to me because Harry Shum Jr. was hired to be a dancer. Exactly. Like he came in audition for the show knowing it was a dance part. So the fact that Mike doesn't speak in these episodes, it's like, yeah, because he was supposed to be background dancer. Mm -hmm. But like Tina was brought in as a main character. And my brother was like, this is making me realize how kind of racist TV is against Asians. Yeah. Like truly you hear about how TV is racist because it is because surprise, um, the whole world is racist. Have you heard of systemic racism? <laughs> um, but really Asians are so underrepresented on TV. Exactly. And when they are represented, they are like, either they're like the stereotype, they're just really smart or they're completely shoved to the background. Yeah. Like I'm not going to fight on the fact that Amber Riley does not get what she deserves in this show. Amber Riley is so talented. She should be given so much more. So much more. And she's always playing like second fiddle to other characters. But freaking Jenna Ushkowitz is playing like sixth fiddle. Exactly. Like that girl is gets she even in the orchestra? a line, yeah. an episode, and a solo a season. It's horrible. Horrible. And even the the storylines that Tina and Mike get are pretty stereotypically. It's like. like it's like, like Mike Chang got an A minus and that's an Asian F. That's yeah. like oh a whole plot God. line that he gets. Exactly. And I was listening to uh to Showmance and they have Harry Shum Jr. on mm-hmm. this show. And he and Jenna Ushkowitz, they like kind of talk about like some of the stuff was funny and they were fine with it, but then some of the stuff they say you can tell that they were like, okay, but uh, we're more than the fact that we're Asian and that's all the characters were reduced exactly. to. And Jenna Ushkowitz talks about in this episode when Sue is picking the members for her team, she refers to all of them in like very offensive ways. Yes. And she says like gay kid, wheels, uh, Asian, other Asian, all that stuff. Yeah. Which as a one-time joke, I'm sorry, it did make me chuckle because Sue is the butt of that joke. As a mm-hmm. one-time joke, it's funny. But them calling Mike and Tina Asian and other Asian is a constant through the whole show. And Jenna Ushkowitz talks about how she'd be getting scripts in like season four Mm -hmm. and they would still be referring to her as Asian number one. And she was like, um, but like I have a name and I'm a whole character. Exactly. And I just feel weird about like, and you and I have like, you know, when Sue says things that are like, super racist we're like well she's the villain blah 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 but like I, I you know it's just like a weird tv trope that like they'll have one character who like says all the racist stuff that all the writers want to put in like community they have like pierce say all mm-hmm. that when it's like and it's like oh yeah see we're not racist we're pointing out that it's racist when i'm like that's still you're still writing that and you're still like not making these characters whole people like, yeah what's that's going on that's my big thing yeah it's because sue is supposed to be awful and if all of these people of color like these characters of color mm-hmm. were all very flushed out and got a lot of spotlight exactly it would be different but it's like but the show itself constantly throws them to the side and then when they are addressed it's so that sue can say something racist about them exactly so not great and it's also not even just sue literally rachel in this episode says some of the worst stuff i have it written down here so mercedes asks could we do something a little more black and then uh kurt says i agree we've been doing a lot of show tunes and then rachel says it's called glee club not crunk club 
And then Mercedes says, don't make me take you to the carpet. And that's funny. But also, it's not just our villains here. It's our protagonist, Rachel, saying this stuff. Well, beyond that, okay, phone. I don't, truly, I don't know how iPhones work. I can't figure out how how to put this thing on silent. Okay, there's like the little switch. switch? Yeah. Text it, everyone. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, wow, popular. It's because I have a TikTok that's blowing up right now. Oh everyone. my gosh, you really are. Honestly, should we start a Buffy the Vampire Slayer podcast? We next? should. Apparently, my all of my TikToks on my personal account tank, and then I did one about Buffy, and it's by far the most popular one I've done. I love so. that. Um, anyways. <laughs> when is Buffy going to face uh, a Yeah, when is it going to be the Buffy the Vampire Slayer re- renaissance? I want I want in. that so bad. I just feel like it was, I mean, compared to Glee, it was watched far less. Oh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer was much higher quality than Glee oh, for a much longer time. That's it the truth. deserves a renaissance. Anyways, Rachel says that, which I don't like. No. But what bothers me more, because Rachel is 15, and I still think that line is like, eh, but it's clearly, it's supposed to be a little, eh. Yeah. But then Will is like, so does anyone have anything they want to do? And then Mike Chang is, Chang is like, I can pop and lock. And then he goes, not really what we're looking for. And it just is like so clearly that i don't know that will is just so like he asks them what do you guys want to do and then when they're like we want to do something a little more black or like something a little more hip-hop or whatever Mm -hmm. he is so uncomfortable and not willing to hear them yeah which i think to be fair to the writers because i don't want to like admonish them like i do believe in getting giving writers the benefit of the doubt sure that is probably kind of the point that Will is like not hearing them out and not hearing them out about doing hip hop and stuff because he's not familiar with it. And so like, that's why they're upset. But that's the thing is they have this man rapping. That's so true. This, frequently. Guy's, this guy like, is like, so Oh yeah, I know Kanye. Like, come on. That's not true. He literally formed an acapella band like to do acapella right. hip hop. You're correct. He should be comfortable doing this and letting the students express themselves the way they want to be. They want to express themselves. Oh, Ridiculous. And what was I going to say? I don't remember. All right. Well, <laughs> I did enjoy this episode. I did. So I wanted to address that at the top yeah. so that we could have it out in the Ooh, open. We should talk about also the end speech that Will gives oh, to the kids. I will. We can talk about it now. I should have so many thoughts. Let's, let's get, talk about it now. Let's talk about it now. Let's get all the uncomfortable racism out of the way so Honestly, that we can have fun for the I love the to do that. Honestly, and I think that's that's great. Great. <laughs> okay. Do it. So. It's really bad. So, obviously... We have Sue in this episode, like taking all of the minority, chi- the minority children. They're not children. Uh, uh, I teens. mean, they are. They are children. They're children. The minority kids to her own club called Sue's Kids. Which honestly, I, think I love the it. The name Sue's Kids <laughs> is like the perfect amount of cheesy that it's so funny. It's so funny. It sounds like Barney and Friends. Like <laughs> no, Sue's, Sue's Kids. kids. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. So she she has Sue's kids in there. So it's um I had it written down here all of those kids. We have we have like I don't remember. It's like Artie, mm-hmm. Kurt, Matt, Mercedes, Mike, yep. and Tina. Yes. And then later Puck and Brittany also Oh, Santana. And then later Puck and Brittany also join. So the whole idea is that Sue is trying to make is trying to empower these kids. Well, this is what Sue's pretending to yes, do. It's she, not yes, actually what she's oh, trying no, to do. Oh no, not at all. She's like trying to like um, incite their feelings of you know that they're not being able to express themselves in Will's club, and like uh, empowering them to like do the things they want to do. Obviously, it's all to get back at Will and to like it's all to, like create division things, in the club, which sucks, and to like create division in the club. 
So they end up getting back together at the end, right? It's Glee Club. This is season one. We haven't broken up yet. And Will has this monologue to them that is like, you guys shouldn't be feeling this bad because listen, you're all minorities because you're in Glee Club. It's not. That's not how minorities same. work. Thing. No, He's it's like, not. You know how when you apply for a job, they yeah. look at you and they see that you're in Glee Club, and so they're less they're likely like, to give you the job. Yeah. You know how when you walk down the street, everyone can see that you're in Glee Club, like William. Like even you, white straight guys. Yes, you. You, you Finn are a minority. Hudson. You classically Finn, everyone, handsome, straight white man. You are a minority because you like to sing. I don't know why all these people are up in arms. Finn Hudson is so prejudiced against <laughs> because he's in Glee Club. Because he's in Glee Club. So all you people that have been discriminated against for hundreds of years, sit, take a seat. That's so... It is time for Finn Hudson, for it to be acknowledged that he's a minority too. He's a minority too. Oh my god! Listen, and I I think that is so annoying when people equate like being a social outcast with, with like, the plights of like systemic racism and like just things that literally are not in your control. Because listen, they chose to be in Glee Club. Mm-hmm. They chose to be in Glee Club. If they decided, and listen, I know it's their passion and bullying. I'm not condoning that at all. Like they genuinely like get a pretty bad rap at this school. But they chose to be in Glee Club. Mercedes does not did not choose to be black. Even so, if like Finn's in a situation where like people are gonna bully him for being in Glee exactly. Club, he can just straight up not tell them he's in Glee Club. Exactly. Mercedes can't be like, oh, I'm not black. Exactly. Like if she's with racist people, she can't hide the fact that she's black and they're gonna be racist to exactly. her. Exactly. Oh, I hate that. That is so annoying to me. And the worst part is because the Sue says all this offensive stuff. But, like, it's Sue, so we're supposed to find it a sense offensive. Right. That is supposed to be, like, the lesson of the episode that makes us be like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. I learned something. I learned that straight white men are minorities, too, yeah. if they like to sing. If they like to sing. If they dig singing. Oh, oh my gosh. It is wow. so. William. Ugh, Will. And I, it's just so terrible. And, like, as a kid seeing that, that messes you up. You know, and like, I feel like every day I have to like, you know, unlearn a bunch of the stuff I've learned, not just as a, like a person watching Glee, but like as a white person, you know, like, and like a white person watching Glee because, oh my God, I hate it. I hate it. Yeah. Will sucks. He belongs in jail. Real bad. Real, Real bad. bad. Terrible. All right. Now let's do fun stuff. <laughs> While we're on the topic of Will, I do want to say, I realized watching this episode, my feelings towards Will Schuster are always either apathetic that I'm just like, he's there. I don't care. Or like furious. They're in that range. The only time I have positive feelings towards Will Schuster is a fight between Will and Sue, because (laughs) I think it is so funny how childish they get. Oh yeah. The scene when Will is leaving Figgins' office yeah, and Sue is like, don't touch me. And then he pokes her and he runs out. Her. I was like, this is the first time I've liked Will Schuster this whole show. <laughs> that is so funny. Yeah. Listen. Oh my gosh. So if Will's whole purpose in the show was to fight like a kindergartner with Sue Sylvester, I would like his character. Definitely. Honestly. And that's, these are the moments that I do. I, I see Will. I like, I understand Will's character. Like their whole, thing with him flunking the cheerios mm-hmm. i was like 
Ah, interesting thing. Which, how did Brittany not flunk? I know. She's I'm the like, one who's like, like, it's like just Quinn Santana. It's, he probably didn't flunk them because they're in Glee because Club. Because they're in Glee Club. Well, I believe that Quinn isn't flunking Spanish. Oh, I, I believe like, that as well. I believe, we and meet, Santana, we know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, because, like, Santana speaks Spanish. She speaks Spanish. Um, we f- which Naya Rivera, I don't think, does. Yeah. And then Quinn, we meet her family, and, like, with the way she grew up, I can't foresee that girl not trying in a class. Yeah, she, she, Quinn strikes me as, like, perfect student, perfect daughter, like, all that kind of stuff. And that's, like, kind of her trope, mm-hmm. is she's, like, the classic good girl who, like, gets pregnant. Yeah, but, like, how is Brittany passing Spanish? <laughs> Honestly, I believe that Will... Yeah, he kept like, her. He pat. He was like, and I will flunk all of them except Brittany because, because I need her. If we don't life. have twelve members, we can't perform at sectionals. Double standard. Yeah, William. what the hell, Will? And he's like, <laughs> and honestly, she deserves an extra opportunity because she's a minority. She's in Glee Club. She's in Glee Club, and then Sue calls her a minority because she's Dutch. Yeah, and but that's a joke. That's yeah, the that's thing. the joke. Exactly. That's Sue, the joke. The thing. Like Sue telling Brittany that she's being discriminated against because she's Dutch. Is a joke because it is so ridiculous. Exactly. Like, she's a tall, blonde like, wo- woman. Come on. But Will telling them that they are a minority is 100% serious. Oh, certainly. It's terrible. Anyways, but yeah. Biggins calls the Cheerios functionally illiterate. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I love that so much. The idea that all of these women are just like beautiful dancers and that is it. No, but Head empty, but heart full of dance. But you know, the fact that Will's like, one of your Cheerios misspelled her own name. I know. And, and the then, other one. And then when Sue says, if these <laughs> girls want to become lawyers or bosses, Mm-hmm. Or captains of industry, the most important lesson they can learn is how to do a round off. <laughs> <laughs> and I love the moment where she's like, Are these kids going to go to college? I don't know. And I don't, I don't care. really care. <laughs> like, I love Sue so I love much. This, Sue, I 100% with the critics, agree with the critics. Jane Lynch in this episode, I'm like, You deserve an Emmy. Ew, certainly. She carries this thing on her back. She's so funny. <laughs> and it is so hysterical how like self-righteous she gets about things that are like fundamentally incorrect exactly. that's straight up like you said that she is like teaching these kids how to do a round off is more helpful and th- than them passing their classes and going to college exactly <laughs> oh man i love sue sylvester she's hysterical she is when uh figgins makes she and will hug and oh she says God. to him i'm about to vomit down your down back down your back i know <laughs> Oh, oh my, my word! Oh, also, also when when Sue's kids watch Will's kids sing No Air, and <laughs> one as they're starting, Sue is yelling, "Get on with it! Enough with the jibber jabber!" And then Will yells at her, and she covers she, her mouth all like, innocent, oh. like, "Oh, I'm sorry." I know. And then Jeez. literally, the first chord plays, and Sue goes, "That's it." They had their chance. Let's leave. Gets up and goes. And then Finn is like, was there a fire? She and she's like, that's, that's the point. point. There is no, no fire. fire. <laughs> oh, my God. Jane Lynch deserves everything. Should we give her our own Emmy? Let's Seriously, let's make an Emmy and we'll mail it to we'll Jane mail Lynch. mail it to Jane I, Lynch. The best part about Sue is even when she's, like, being nice to people, she still just says these things that make you, like, that hint at the fact that she does not care about them at all. I know. Like when she and Will are making up and they're like playing nice now and being kind to each other 
And he says, he was like, he goes to her office to talk to her. And she says, good thing you came here. I have no idea where you're off. I is. know. <laughs> we also learned in this episode that Sue has a PhD. <laughs> she got it online. <laughs> She's like, I have a PhD, William. Oh my gosh. I love Sue Sylvester. When she, t- when Will is complaining about the chairs flunking Spanish and she goes, oh, please, Will. We all know your commitment to that dying language. (laughs) (laughs) And we also have the meme in this episode. Like, I'm going to create an environment so toxic. So that's a meme right now that, like, you know, people will, like, black out some of the words. I'll send you some. I'm not up to date on the memes, I wish you were up to date with the memes. I'm sorry. It's okay. But, like, people will, like, black out the words. And it's, like, Britney Spears be, like, like, I'm going to create toxic. (laughs) 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 That's, like, like the Gossip Girl meme. It would be like, I need need to pee. And then it would be Blair and it would say, go piss girl. (laughs) Go piss girl. I think that's my favorite meme ever. It's like lively and it's like, I can't tell what's wrong with my snake. Can you talk to it? And then it's Blair and it just says, (laughs) (laughs) go piss girl. Oh Oh my God. Or when you, when you like, (laughs) when you, (laughs) It's like kids when they when they put dirt a dirt in a jar. It's like I'm going to create an environment. <laughs> oh wow! I know. So dumb. Oh my gosh. Okay. Okay. I found something yesterday watching the episode, and I filmed it so you could see it because I don't know if you noticed. But so we have our first introduction to Will's kids. I don't know that they got a name. I wish they did. Will sucks. I think they're just the new directions. Yeah, they're the minorities. Is what they're he called his kids. So. We have this first moment where we meet Will's kids, the minorities. The, where we meet the minorities, Rachel, and, Finn, Quinn, Puck, and Brittany. And I don't know what happened here, but we have Heather Morris looking directly at the camera. Uh-huh. Heck yeah, good for her. <laughs> it is like, it's not a glance. No, it is. It is for five entire seconds. She is gazing into the camera's yeah. eyes. And I wonder, like, what happened? What happened? Oh my gosh. And we also have one of my favorite lines in this episode is when so Finn passes Quinn Finn passes Quinn the name Drizzle because he's mm-hmm. like, we should name our baby Drizzle after, you know, the rain. And I was like, honestly, Finn, love ya. And then Quinn is like, no, we're not going to name our baby Drizzle. That's stupid. And then <laughs> Brittany just goes, just takes her entire test. And then, so Quinn's dealing with, obviously, her, like, you know, boyfriend who is a child. And then she's like, give me my test back. And then Brittany says, oh, my gosh. She's like, I just don't understand anything. <laughs> the way... The way Heather Morris, I've heard, I have watched the best of Britney videos on YouTube because her lines are so funny. They are. And all of the comments are about how Heather Morris delivers the lines as if she's doing ASMR. And just straight up, <gasps> I just don't understand anything. She totally Like, does. just so breathy. She totally does. So good. Have I talked about on this podcast how Britney started getting lines? No. Okay. Me. If I have, sorry, Lean and I, are, I have too bad have. of memories. So, I mean, like, I her, do have a bad memory, though. Her first line is about. Uh, Kurt being the kicker and that was just kind of like because mm-hmm. we need someone to say it but as the show goes on and Brittany gets more and more lines the reason is because between takes Heather Morris 
would just do a bit where she decided that Britney was really stupid. And so the characters would just like talk to Britney and she would respond, but be like really dumb. And Ryan <laughs> would visit the set just to see how things mm-hmm. were going. And the cast members would be like, Heather, do Britney for Ryan, do Britney for Ryan. And so then she would like do the bit for him. And he thought it was so funny that they started giving Britney more and more lines. Good. Britney is easily like, obviously right now we don't know much about her, but like she is easily one of my favorite characters. She's so, so I funny. love Britney. <laughs> All right, um, let's do musical numbers really okay. fast. Okay, so first musical number in this episode is Hate on Me, I believe. Wow. I need to tell you. Tell me. So my oldest sister. Yes. She was like well into college when Glee was airing. Um, but she was going to a ghost. <laughs> the door just closed. Um, that she was genuinely scary. That was the wind. You I know. Feel it. it was scary though. <laughs> I know. I know it's not. Um, I know it's not a ghost, but it was frightening. She was going to ASU at the time. So she was living at home and then just like commuting to ASU. And so she would sometimes watch Glee with me. And she thought the lyrics to Hate on Me were so ridiculous, which no offense, Jill Scott, they kind of (laughs) are. And to this day, my sister and I will just text each other out of the blue saying, if I gave you peaches from my own garden and I made you a peach pie, would you slap me high? Because <laughs> that line specifically, we're like, why is it like so specific about like specifically peaches and a peach? It's not like if I made you dinner and you didn't like it, would you slap me? It's like if I, I have put in all this effort mm-hmm. to care for these peaches, mm-hmm. to tend to the soil, to water them. They have grown. I'm giving you my own peaches from my garden that I raised, and I'm making you a peach pie. You gonna slap me about it? <laughs> like what the heck? Oh my god! That gosh. is so funny. Also, I don't think I noticed. I think, any of those lyrics. I think that line's not in the episode. I don't think so either. Um, Because if you're not aware, but I feel like everyone's aware, but just in case, they cut like half the songs for the yeah. episodes because episodes have to be a certain running time. Exactly. But on iTunes, they had the full song. Mm-hmm. And so we would listen to the full song and that line is in the song, but I think it's not in the episode. I don't think so either. Um, But let's talk about the number. I love this number. Honestly, the- when, San- when not Santana, Santana is in the group, but Mercedes... When Mercedes fronts a number, mm-hmm. I I love it. It's great. And she's amazing. She's incredible. And honestly, the choreography in that number is so good and so simple. The chair walk oh, is iconic. It's iconic. It's iconic. I think about that chair walk. The door just Ghost. opened. Ah! Ghost, get out. I'm going to shut it. They were like, I have some opinions on the chair They're walk, like, actually. <laughs> Let me tell you what the afterlife thinks about that chair walk. Who knows? Maybe they do. <laughs> I, I love a chair walk in a music in I like love, a musical. I love a chair walk. So as I've said, I, every episode I'm like, this is like what I think about when I think of Glee. The yeah. chair walk is one of the things I think about. Definitely. I also noticed on this watch through because it's like Matt and Mike putting chairs in front of Mercedes, mm-hmm. and then Artie picks up a chair, puts it on his lap, wheels over, and sets the chair down, <laughs> which I'd never noticed before. <laughs> oh, Artie, oh, man. One of my favorite things is Kurt in that number. He's wearing this like pink fuzzy like sweater and he's just like sitting in his chair, just like, you know, bouncing and like being like purposely awkward. Chris Colfer is so funny. I know. I love him. I love that number so much. And like the way they end in like this like vignette of like the girls like standing on the chairs and the boys like just like they're all like just dancing and being cute. I think the choreography in this show is so good. 
it's Zach Woodley. Zach Woodley, I think is his name. Yeah, he gets it. It's so good. It's so I wonderful. Love this movie. I, in Sorry Not Sorry, I believe is where I heard this, which is Naya Rivera's book. Mm-hmm. She talks about the fact that Chris Colfer has good rhythm, but he's terrible with choreography. Like he can't uh-huh. remember it uh-huh. and he can't like do it. And so he constantly was trying to get Zach Woodley to instead of giving him group choreography to just be like, and this is where you do your own thing, which is what I thought of where it's like, and now Kurt sits on the chair and kicks his legs. Yep. And now he sits on it backwards and moves his head back and forth. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this was totally Chris Colfer being I like, I can't do group stuff. Like have me do something else. <laughs> That's so funny that he's a good dancer, but like a bad like, I choreographed think it, dancer. I think it's just like, I feel I'm, I'm the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> I think so too. Yeah. If I ever go to a callback and they tell us to improvise for eight counts, I'm I know like, I'm like, uh, I hope you like me doing the Charlie Brown. Like I don't have any other moves that I can just do out of pocket. I know. You need to teach me something to do. Usually I'll have like some sort of like eight count figured out before I go in, just in case. I'm not. I'm too self conscious like to dance on the fly. Yeah. I can't do it. Anyways, <clears throat> hate on me. Hate on me. I don't think I have any other thoughts on Would it. Would you slap me fantastic. high? I would not slap you high, but I, w- I wouldn't appreciate the peach pie. I don't really like there's peaches. A, there's a middle Whoa. ground there. I don't like pie. You don't, Oh, yeah, we've had this conversation. We've had One this time? conversation. Apparently, it's the most offensive thing about me because everyone I've told is horrified. That's the thing them. with pie is it's so polarizing. Like, either you love pie or you, like, hate pie. I do like squash pie. It's the only kind I like. Interesting. Do you like pumpkin pie? I like it fine. It's like... I will tolerate pie. Like, I will eat it. Sure. And I won't hate it, but I'll be like, it, my thing with pie is I would always rather have cake. That's so I'm interesting. I'm always like, to why me. are we having this when cake is an option? Yeah, I feel like I like cake. So, if you made me, if you took peaches from your own garden and you made me a peach cake, Ooh. I'd still hate peach it because cake? that sounds disgusting. Yeah, that sounds terrible. <laughs> like, I feel like the best pie in the world is gonna be better than the best cake in the world. Hard disagree. Wow. One time Ian and I got in such a tiff about this that we started a Twitter feud. I forgot about that. We made a Twitter poll <laughs> yeah. about pie versus cake. And pie took the lead in the beginning, but cake eventually won. Good. I'm glad there's so, some sanity left in the world. Oh my God. So, you know, um, if you feel uh, strongly about either of those, Dig go up ahead that and tweet Twitter us. poll. <laughs> Dig go, up that Twitter poll that's Go up to my Twitter. I was <laughs> like months ago. ago and find <laughs> that question. Um, all right. Next up, we have no air, air. Oh wait, we have ride with me. Technically, I don't have a lot of thoughts. I, I will do have say, a thought. oh great, there is no way in hell Rachel Berry knows that song. Oh yeah, there's no way. I was watching yeah. her, and she like knows all the words. All of these people know every single word to that song. I'm like I know like the chorus. I don't literally all I know of that song is must be the money. Yeah, that's. Hey, I didn't even know it was called Ride with Me until yeah. I looked it up. And I know like a little bit of it, but like Rachel especially, there mm-hmm. is no way this young woman who has dedicated her life to musical theater and show tunes, and you know, being a white fifteen-year-old knows every word of that song. But it's they're trying to make her look cool. It's because Barbara Streisand covered it. You can't mess with me, did she? <laughs> Can you imagine? I would Barbara love Streisand's that. Barbara at Babs. a concert, and she's like, okay, so to close, I'm going to do my man, and then as the encore, I'm going to do Ride With Me. Yeah, literally. <laughs> I love Barbara Streisand. I wish she would. That's my only thought from that. I love that number, but also, uh, my thought from that is those are the moments that make me want to be in Glee Club. Mm-hmm. I was watching, and I was like, I just want to be in Glee Club so bad. They're so cute. I know. It sounds fun. Yeah. Um my thought of that is uh, 
as we've mentioned, Mike and Matt were brought on to be background mm-hmm. dancers. They were not characters. Yeah. Um, and you can really tell that they were not characters because the directors and editors were clearly paying so little attention to them that mm-hmm. they keep teleporting during this song. It'll be like Mike that. is over by Rachel and the camera angle will change to someone else and he's right next to them. And the camera angle will change and he's right next to them. And it's like, Mike, like Mike, what's going he's on fast. He's got long he legs. Is, that is the Flash. He could be. He's not. Sebastian is the Flash. I'm sorry. Oh, and you know what? He's in the show. He is. Is his name Grant Gustin? He has Grant like Gustin. some weird like superhero old... sounding name. Yeah. If your name is Grant Gustin and you don't go on to play a superhero on television, that's a waste of your name. Give I it know. to someone else. You basically were like predestined. I had such a weird crush on him for really? a minute. Yeah. Like there was like a few months where I was like, Grant Gustin, OMG, I'm going to marry him. Being a teen girl is crazy. I frequently forget that he was even on this show. Really? <gasps> what? I'm sorry. Season three, I have forgotten most of. But, I mean, we're not on season three. We're not talking about season three. But can we talk about the number they do? Smooth Criminal? <laughs> yeah. We'll talk about it when we get to season three. <laughs> it is very good, though. But now we're talking about No Air okay. from season we're about no one. Air. Listen. Wait, really fast? Tell me. I love shouting out 2009 moments. Singing No Air, very 2009. Very 2009. It immediately teleports me back to being like an eighth grader and just like feeling so insecure. I'm like, oh, how do I breathe with no air? You can't. I love this song. I love this song. Chris Brown sucks. Literally terrible, mm-hmm. terrible, terrible person. I'm going to light him on fire. But this song brings back so many memes. I love this song so much. Rachel does a great job. Even Finn, oh my gosh, when he like, oh my gosh, they cut to him. I literally gasped when he's like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, I love Finn. But it's so true. And one of my biggest problems, it's so true what Quinn is saying. Like, And one of my biggest problems with this show is this was like the thing they were talking about last week and the week before and this week that they're going to try and give more people opportunity and they don't learn from that ever. The writers of the show love to do a thing where they call out their own issues and Mm -hmm. think that that makes up for them. And it's like, no, you call them out and then you fix them. Exactly. No, seriously. I was like, Sue is supposed to be the villain. And yet I agree with everything she's telling Quinn to say. Exactly. That seriously, Will is all like, and we're going to sing about love and like togetherness and Rachel and Finn, you'll take the leads. And then Quinn goes so much for togetherness. And yeah, I was like, literally. honestly, amen. He did not hold auditions. He did not ask if anyone else wanted the solo. These two have had the solo every single song you've done so far. Exactly. I, and you know what? Next week, spoiler alert, they're going to get the solo again. again. And guess what? Two seasons from now, it's still going to be happening. Yeah. And I, I'm just, it's tiring. And it's, mm-hmm. it's not just tiring hearing them sing. You know, I like both of them. I like both of their characters. That's obviously. what irritates me is that I love season one Rachel as a character, but like the writers make me not like her because I'm like, she is given so many yeah. opportunities. Give someone else a chance. But you know, Rachel is still a minority because she's in Glee. That's Club. true. That's At true. least Will is giving these opportunities to minority, to minority students like Finn and Rachel. Exactly. Oh my gosh, them going through the wind tunnel like and hallway like, and like and, staring at each other. And like it was, the fact that <gasps> students keep running into them is so funny. Like there is a student that straight up walks in between them and like shoulder checks both of them. It is so funny. 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 I I wish the show would do more of that like very self-aware that we're being ridiculous mm-hmm. stuff. All right, well. All right, um, that's that number. It there's was, no air. On, mostly uneventful. Very cute. It was entertaining. Yeah. Um. I'm... It's, I just hate to see it. I just hate to see it. I hate. I hate to see them like calling out their own issues and then and never then fixing, them. fixing them. Yep. Yep. 
All right. Next. Uh, <clears throat> next up, we have Keep Me Hanging On. Here's the deal. <sighs> I adore this number. It yep. is so fun. I just want to get this out of the way. Mm-hmm. Why the heck do they keep getting Diana Agron Motown songs? I don't understand. I am like, it's so random. I don't think she has a Motown No, voice. she doesn't. And I was like, with Say a Little Prayer, one, it's like it only happened once. Like, it's the first yeah, time. Yeah, and it makes sense. And like, like, it makes sense yeah. because, like, the whole deal with that episode is they had to do songs that were about, like, Jesus mm-hmm. or balloons. Mm-hmm. And, and that song is... And she's, like, the celibacy is, girl and she's yeah. a Christian girl. It makes sense. And, like, Say a Little Prayer is a softer song mm-hmm. anyways. Keep me hanging on. I'm like, her voice is drowning. No. I can't hear Diana Agron in this song. No. Like, why? Uh, just give her a song that suits her voice. I know. And, like, there's there's songs that suit her. I, I don't understand. Oh, my gosh. But Ryan Murphy needs to answer for his crimes. He, do- he does her so dirty. He does. Well, it, I'll, I, I'll, we'll talk about stuff when we get to it. I, we're getting ahead of ourselves. We are. <laughs> but that aside... I love this number. Yeah. <laughs> it is so, yeah. so, fun. so good. And with the Cheerios, mm-hmm. I love it their is, little I costumes. Think it's, besides vocal adrenaline aside, I think it is my favorite choreography oh, so far on the show. It definitely. is. So in the moment, the moment when like the Cheerios are standing and Santana, they're on the field and Santana, Brittany and Quinn like crawl in between their legs. And then the Cheerios like roll mm-hmm. over behind them and the other ones stand up. up. Mm-hmm. It's crazy it's so fun it's so exciting yeah have you seen the tiktok where they do this to the wap is it wap or wap either way here's the deal you know who also has never heard that song in its entirety (gasps) do you want to listen to it right now no the moment the things i've heard of it i'm like oh um you are you are very delicate makes sense i'm i'm a delicate i'm a minority because i was in show choir in high school and so i need i am very delicate Mm -hmm. um but it's the moment when the Cheerios are doing the sick cat on the field. They're doing the sick cat. <laughs> They're like crawling yeah. in the sick cat and they put it to the wop. Do people know what the sick cat is? I it feel is like that's... when it's when you crawl and you like pop your back, uh-huh. you know, when you like like arch your back and then I don't yeah. Like concave your back. What's that called? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, like cat cow, like it. Yeah, it's when you do a cat cow. That's what it <laughs> but is. Quickly. Yeah. But quickly. But we call it a the sick, sick cat. cat here at our university. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Very wonderful. Very good. And honest, I I completely agree. I love to see the choreography done. You can really tell when the choreographer like gets with actual dancers. Yeah, when he's they, like, thank he's goodness. He's like, let's No more go. walking. Let's do something. <laughs> yeah, literally. I love to see it. Also, I just want to point out. Tell me. Heather Morris is, of course, an incredible dancer because like that was her profession. Mm-hmm. I applaud Naya Rivera for how well she keeps up she with keeps everyone. Up. In, because... Naya Rivera in the cheerleading numbers is always dancing with the other Cheerios. And like, yeah, they won't give her the especially complicated parts, but they give her pretty complicated exactly. stuff and she holds her she own. She really does. And so kudos to her. I think it's like really telling that uh, I never like notice her doing poorly. Cause mm-hmm. I feel like with non-dancers, because... you notice like Finn immediately. That's why it's such a meme that he's a bad dancer and why I mention it every freaking episode is because it's so easy to like pick him out because he's, doing poorly he's bad but or like, like i will see there's other numbers later in the show where they will have one of the character with like a bunch of ensemble backup and the ensemble are dancers and they try to have the character do the dance with the ensemble and mm-hmm. you're always like just stand like yeah. you are embarrassing yourself Literally. and naya rivera i never feel that way no i never do she's great she's I wonderful what was my other thought i have a few more about this song. tell me one uh quinn does her signature move i realized while watching this song 
Quinn's signature move while singing is that she will have her elbows bent and her wrists flexed. Oh my god. And then gosh, she will she do totally she'll does. like lead she's with like... one shoulder and then she'll lead with the other shoulder. And that is Quinn's move. Mm-hmm. And like almost every time she has a solo, she yep. does that. And she does it in this number. And I was like, what Quinn Fabre? She's so cutesy. Honestly, and it doesn't even bother me because like I feel like it matches Quinn's I think it's probably like habitual Diana Agron. I think it's Diana Agron. Exactly. But that. honestly it doesn't it is... I think it still fits Quinn though. You know what it is? What is it? So Lena and I took a musical theater class together. <laughs> um, and so we would have to, like, the class would perform for each other every single week. So we, like, saw each other perform a lot. And Lena and this other girl in our class one time oh, just yeah. walked me through. They were like, okay, so this is what everyone's signature move is while singing. Literally. And it I was can like, do, like, impressions of every single person in that yeah. class. There's, like, this one girl who always put both her hands on her chest um, my signature move is that I would squat. Yeah, you're always <laughs> squatting. Like I you're... always like I I, <laughs> I don't know what so it tall. is. I... I think it is because yeah. I'm so tall. I want people to know it's not like I just sit in a squat. It'll be like I'm standing, and, and then, then like, like when I get note, into it, go, I like oh. yeah, I like bend my knees yeah. to get into it, and then I'll like point at the ground a oh, lot. Oh, you'll point. You're a big pointer. <laughs> so that's my signature. And you move. also like shove your hand through your hair you don't just like because i touch my hair a lot too but you shove it Heck have you been losing hair yeah. specifically because of <laughs> i just, just like rip my hair on auditions <laughs> lena's signature move is that she'll throw both her arms out to the side really big and her fingers will be like the most flexed they can be <laughs> and then she'll immediately throw both her hands onto her oh, chest oh yeah that's your signature <laughs> that move is, that totally <laughs> is oh my gosh that was so fun that was very funny well diana agron's is, is bent elbow flexed wrist lead with the shoulder uh, and she always like throws her her mm-hmm. neck back her like her head back yeah and like puts her chin up oh she's so cute my other thought about this number this is not a complaint with just glee it is a complaint with all musical theater television and movies mm-hmm. i despise when dialogue is pre-recorded in a song because it is so glaringly obvious <laughs> when she, she does that like, and there ain't nothing i can do about it which like i understand is in the song mm-hmm. and I understand that, like, in the studio, you record it so that it's in the song. Sure. But I'm always like, just keep the studio version on the iTunes version. But in the actual episode, have Diana Agron say yeah, it Yeah, no, I totally because agree. Because we have heard this woman speak many times. We know what she and, sounds like. Yeah, and so this doesn't sound like how she normally sounds like. The sound quality is so off. And something about trying to lip sync to spoken word is so inherently awkward mm-hmm. every time it happens. And it happens a lot in future episodes of Glee, too. Every time it happens, I'm always like, just say the line live. Like, yeah. it looks so bad, and the sound quality is so embarrassing to me for some it, reason. Yeah, no, I get that. I keep calling her Quinny in all my notes. Quinny. Quinny. Queen be Quinny. Queen be Quinny. Um, I, I will say, her. also, you know how in uh, the first Star Wars movie, the cast can't agree on whether it's Leia or Leah mm-hmm. or Han, Han or, or Han. Han? That is the Quinn Fabre of it all. They... Half these characters are saying Fabre. Fabre. And here's the stink. I noticed stink. that. I here's thought... the stink. Tell me the stink. I have watched ahead because uh, I was watching it with my mother and I was trying. <laughs> I, there was one night where she was just like sitting and I was like, if we don't watch more of it tonight, we're never going to get to yeah. it. And so I just like forced her to watch a bunch of it. When we meet Quinn's parents, her dad says the Fabres. I'm like, then why the, Weird. Why the F is just your decide. own daughter saying Fabre? I feel like in like the acting things i've been a part of it is like day one stuff where it's yeah. like it is it's ian allred it's lena knatzer like that's how 
it and is pronounced. Because like Sue says Fabre, and you and can I make, thought she was like making fun of her. You I thought make, that was funny. Yeah, you can make the excuse that it's like it was a character choice or whatever. Mm-hmm. When Quinn's own father pronounces her last name different, can you imagine if your dad was like, "We're the Conatzers," and you're like, yeah. "No, but we're the Canatzers." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you. Say your own last name how your parents say it. Exactly. How did the directors not catch and, this? Yeah. No, I hate that. Anyway. And especially if it's like, <laughs> I'm assuming that this conservative family, they took his last name. Yeah. So I'm assuming that it's actually Fabre. Yeah, so, so actually why Quinn, Quinn is wrong. Exactly. It's, she's rebelling. <gasps> Quinn, I take it back. You're independent. I love you, Quinn. She's like, I am not my father's daughter. I am not a Fabre. I'm, I'm a, a Fabre. Fabre. Oh my gosh. Well, honestly, Quinn, we love th- a feminist icon. We you do. go by Fabre. But I wish it was. It's just laziness. That's no, what it is. It's truly just laziness. That's what it is. Is like these directors in like... Oh my gosh. It's just laziness. Ah. All right. Last song of the episode. Keep holding. I love Avril Lavigne so much. Like back in my goth days, she had like her own clothing line at Kohl's. I bought every single, every single like article of clothing from her. Remember how people keep trying to pretend like she died? I feel like every year there's a news story that's like Avril Lavigne died. And the next day they're like, Avril Lavigne didn't die. People are like, well, what it is is she was replaced. She's actually, Oh, that's right. She died and they got another actor Mm -hmm. to play her. Yeah. Because she like looks really different than she did. Like when she was releasing, like keep holding on, you know? Yeah. I, okay. I have an immediate plight with this song. Is that the, is, am I, am I saying that word right? plight i don't know i don't know i have an immediate i i'm i'm functionally illiterate (laughs) um i have an immediate like issue complaint mm -hmm, complaint with this song and it's every song okay in show choir in any sort of like dance thing with this with like a cast of characters you are set up to dance with like a partner right mm-hmm. and it, that is usually done by height that's true that's how lean and i met fun fact mm-hmm. we had a call back and they and were pairing us up height. and she was the tallest girl i was the tallest boy so we got paired together we usually are paired together or like flanked on like either side yeah, of the or stage we're like because the we're the end of the line because <laughs> <laughs> we're so tall anyway um but especially in like show choir where it like specifically is like supposed to like look sort of uniform all throughout, mm-hmm. you're paired by height. Yeah. So like the tallest guy goes with the tallest girl. Finn should be dancing with Brittany. Yeah. I mean, he also shouldn't because it would make him look so bad. Because yeah. it is both the best and worst dancer but together. But he's always dancing with Rachel. Yeah, and Rachel's like the shortest girl in the Exactly. Choir. And she should be dancing with either Kurt or Artie because yeah. she's the shortest girl. That's true. I hate that. I literally, and it, it bothers me every time I watch it. Because as a tall woman, it is hard for me to look at, like, huge height differences, especially on, like, on stage, especially. I'm like, huh, that uh, that bother- that bothers me. Which, like, that's my own, that's my own prejudice. <laughs> it's your own bitterness. It's my own bitterness. That you're like, that's I've been is. denied so many <laughs> roles because I'm too tall, and suddenly it's okay. Suddenly this, like five foot one person is dancing with this seven foot tall man like come on anyway but it bothers me and especially in like show choir where it's supposed to Mm -hmm, look sort of uniform there's no way in hell finn would be dancing with rachel finn dances with quinn for like a minute of this and i would even say like quinn is a much better mm, how much taller is quinn than leah michelle is the shortest by like quite a bit by a big margin like Diana Agron is at least like four inches taller than her. Yeah. 
I mean, that might not be true. She might be the same height. I'm I'm pretending like I know, and I'm gonna say at least four You're inches. Like, yes. Well, when I met them. So when I when I went on a double date with Leah Michelle and Diana Agron, <laughs> they were both on the date with me. That's why it was yes. a double date. Yes. I was like, so we're gonna measure both of you, yes. and it was at least four inches. You measured them both, but yeah. you don't remember their exact. I don't because I actually, you know, hear me out. I have seen you go on dates before, and you do um, measure take, everyone. Take all of every every woman's measurements. That's true. <laughs> Can you You're like that? your waist is what? <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> wow, how problematic would that be? I feel like I'm there like, are guys who probably. And when I pick you up, I'm taking all of your measurements. Whoa! <laughs> like your wrist is how big? <laughs> Yeah, it's always, it's not like waist or anything. No. Like, it is very specific. I'm like, her index finger was off. Yeah, literally. Her middle finger was not the longest <laughs> finger. Bye. But if your middle finger wasn't the longest finger, though, it would be a little odd. Would it? Yeah. I'm not saying, I'm not <laughs> imagining, know. if your fingers were equal length, I'm... I'm imagining like your index finger juts up above your middle finger. I think I'm remembering my grandpa would always like make us put our hands on the table and be like, is your pointer finger or your ring finger longer? My ring finger is. My, I think mine are like the same or my pointer finger is longer. Fans, let us know how, yeah. which of your fingers is <laughs> I don't know what is, this has to do with Glee at all. Anyways, <laughs> uh, my thoughts on keep holding on is that Finn's, uh, Ring finger is longer than Rachel's pointer fingers. They should not they be dancing together. They should not together. be dancing together. Um, my thought is... I agree. This episode ends on such a strong note. Yeah. I'm also... I would like to say my brother is going to listen to this podcast because he has started listening. He has started watching Glee. Oh, good. And he's going to listen to this and be like, he's just stealing my thoughts. I thought the same thing. You just vocalized Also, you it, literally Alex. are giving him credit right now. So yeah, also, even, you can even do that in an essay. My brother agrees. Um, but this episode... <laughs> this isn't plagiarism. <laughs> Our bibliography will cite you, Alex. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> this episode ends so strongly where uh, Sue outs that Quinn is pregnant. Yeah. Diana Agron does like a really good job of yeah. like watching that sink in. And then it's the heartbreaking moment where they're at the locker and she's crying. Oh, and Quinn yeah. is going, it's right okay. in the middle it's of okay. the hallway. Okay. They're it's crying okay. right in public around all of these kids. But <laughs> I, I'm like, but they're not, he's not being like, it's okay that you're pregnant. Yeah. He's like, I know you're pregnant Quinn. <laughs> it's okay. I forgive you <laughs> for just, being pregnant. But like that acting is so good. Yeah. Corey Monty sells so hard that he's both like telling her it's okay and telling himself it's okay. Mm-hmm. And you can see how panicked he is. It ends on such a strong note. Yeah. And then when it goes to keep holding on, it pushes it too far. Yeah. And it immediately becomes Literally, corny. Every single one of those students is crying. I it was watching it. Like so... even Mike Chang in the background is like, there's nothing you could say. Like, and like, I was like, whoa, you guys. There's literally a moment when Rachel and Quinn, I mean, Rachel and Finn are belting into Quinn's face. Into Quinn's and they're face. all like, it like so... in Quinn is facing forward crying. They are facing her from the side screaming and I started laughing. Literally. I was like, is, was so is this really watch. happening? It was really hard to watch. And it's just like, first of all, if I was teen pregnant and my Glee Club decided that to make me feel better, they were going to sing me a song. That's very sweet. But the way they do it, like every single student is like crying their eyes out. It is like this so song. dramatic. It is so, so dramatic. dramatic. And I'm also like. Stop showing us other people. I know. Like, it's Quinn's story. I don't care about these other characters. No. These are my notes. I have so many notes. Tell on me this your number. notes. I wrote, Keep Holding On is so on the nose. And also, stop focusing on Rachel. We care about Quinn and Finn in this moment. 
And then I put, why is Quinn in the background this whole number? She is the centerpiece of this plot line. Get the camera off Leah Michelle. I do not care. She is not pregnant. She's not. Um, and then I put, Rachel and Finn belting straight into Quinn's face is oh. borderline funny. Yeah. And Finn grabbing Rachel and Quinn's hands is way oh, too much. Ew. Why do these writers not understand subtlety? Oh, so, my so you're gosh. Like, and did you catch that but Finn is torn between both. these two women? Watch him hold both of their you hands at the that. end. It is so blatantly obvious. Yeah. Like, they don't know how to layer something in. They are so in your face mm-hmm. with everything. They treat their audience like we're so stupid. They totally do. Oh my gosh. Anyways, those are my thoughts on Keep Pulling On. It should have been, I understand having Leah Michelle sing the lead because frankly, I don't want to hear Quinn cry sing this. Like that would be too much, Mm -hmm. but stop putting the camera on Leah Michelle. No. Like we're interested. We're interested in how Quinn is feeling. Exactly. And I, I don't know. I just like Rachel in this episode too. Like we learn that Rachel is not helping Quinn because she cares about Quinn. She's not singing this song to Quinn. She's singing this song to, to get Finn. with Bad Boy Finn. Exactly. Bad Boy Minority Finn Hudson. Literally. She loves those minorities. She, she can't really get enough. Does. She's like, I only date minorities. She's Finn like- Hudson, <laughs> you're the man for me. <laughs> I only date minorities. She's like, sorry, Karofsky, I can't date you. You're not a minority. Finn, though. Finn, though, the man for me. It's okay. It's okay. Honestly, I don't remember. (laughs) She's not. She's helping Quinn because she only dates minority and she wants to date Quinn's minority boyfriend. Ew. Ew, I hate this show. This show deserves no- nothing. This de- show deserves 19 Emmy Awards and 19 jail sentences. Yes, exactly. Um, I, I love can't... the choreography in this number. Can we talk about the choreography in this number? Yeah. It is so, like, classic show Just choir like, to me. Arm, arm, this, this arm. Reaching, reaching, arms reaching. Go walk, down. walk, 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 reach. <laughs> so, it's so good. Like, Turn your heads. Look to the center. It's ridiculous. It's so good. Oh, oh my gosh. God. I love the choreography in this show. <sighs> anyway. So this episode has the return of Satan himself, Jacob and Israel. <gasps> Jacob and Israel. Here's the Doing deal. some terrible. I've, I've thought some thoughts about Jacob and Israel. Mm-hmm. And so I do need to acknowledge that it is a funny idea to represent like the disgusting Hollywood paparazzi mm-hmm. as like a high school journalist who yeah. takes his job way too seriously. It literally runs a, a yeah, gossip that blog like about it his literally is just like a glob, a glob, a glob, <laughs> a gossip blog, a, a glob. glob, but it'd be a glog. A it's glog. literally just oh, yeah. a glog <laughs> about his um, high school. And yet it is treated like it is freaking like mm-hmm. Perez Hilton. Oh, so certainly. that is a very funny idea. He's just too horny, and he borderline sexually assaults the women in the show too much. He straight up tries to kiss Rachel in this episode. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. I just, he's so gross. He oh, and so he tells gross. her, he tells her that the private pole in his dockers, which is his dick. Oh, 
Yeah, because Dockers is a Sorry, brand of pants. I'm delicate. I don't know yeah. what any of that means. Has determined that Rachel's the hottest girl at the school. <gasps> that line. Ew! I had to pause the show and take a shower after I heard it. It was so disgusting. I hate that. I didn't even realize what that was. I thought no. it was like a poll he ran on his blog. On his on his, on his blog. On his blog called Dockers. Yeah. He's like, this is the I'm Dockers delicate. blog. You haven't heard WAP, and I and uh, you don't, don't know what, what Dockers, Dockers are. <laughs> <laughs> that's, um, that's what makes us equals. <laughs> Um, but I do think it's funny that I think it's disgusting that he makes yes. Rachel give him her underwear, but it is funny when Sue holds up the underwear and it's straight up granny panties. I know. That is are we, funny. Are we led to believe that those are Rachel's underwear? I think it is. I think it's her underwear is granny panties. Mm. And by the way, Honestly, they pop off sister. By the way, they dress Rachel. Her underwear is granny panties. Like 100%. Well, they're the most comfortable underwear. It's true. I don't know much about men's underwear, but they're I mean, they're the equivalent to whatever the let most me tell comfortable. You, I ain't wearing sexy underwear. <laughs> <laughs> no, you aren't. <laughs> this episode is gonna be just fifty percent us laughing at ourselves. <laughs> Wow, because... we're not explaining that joke. No. If you know, you if know. You know. If you don't, you, know. you don't. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man, that's going to go well. <laughs> that's going to hit some people real hard and go over a lot of heads. All right. Ba-da-bop. Um, those, are my anyway. J- those are my Jacob and Israel thoughts. <laughs> I love that. Well, I'm going back to the Jacob and Israel that Rachel thinks that she can like swindle him by giving him like a sexy song, new underwear. And you know what? It works for a day where he's like, and then I realize the tag is still on. Like he doesn't realize it until like later. What? 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 This is reminding me. So one time I put on I like write scripts in my free time <laughs> and so one time I put on a night of one acts where I directed a bunch of my shows and like put it up and had people come oh and Lena was in it everyone but I had this one scene that was about these three roommates that get stuck inside together during a hurricane and they can't leave and it's just like watching their relationship devolve I love that scene thank it you was so good and so one of the like one of the jokes of the scene is that you find out that one of the roommates like has been using the other one's deodorant and she's like that's so disgusting and the other one is like would this be a bad time to tell you that sometimes when i have no clean underwear i go into your drawer and use one of your underwear um so later on they get in this huge fight and they're all like yelling like i'm gonna do this i'm gonna do this and the other one's like i'm gonna put on all your underwear and then she comes out and she has the other one's underwear on her head Mm -hmm. and so i had to buy a pair of like women's underwear for that (laughs) straight up because it was like i needed the underwear to like it couldn't be like lingerie yeah. because like, that's weird. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I was like, but it's not like granny panties. Cause it's like a normal girl. Yeah, it's just a young woman. So I straight up called my mom. Oh and I'm like, no. I'm at Walmart in the women's underwear section. And I'm like, okay, so here's the underwear I'm looking at. Like, which I one is that. the most realistic? The way <laughs> you just called Eileen Allred on the Seriously, phone. And my mom straight up is like, never did I think that I would be having a conversation with my 24 year old son. About what women's underwear he should buy. <laughs> Which kind did you? I, I don't remember. I don't. You'd have to ask Danny Brady because yeah, she's the one who wore it on her I head. Rem- okay. Oh, no. I do remember. It was like purple. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it it wasn't a thong underwear, but it wasn't 
a granny panties. It was like a, a smooth in between. <laughs> Some and it was sort of purple. like, it's, I think maybe like a brief or a bikini style. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. It was like a bikini style. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's on YouTube if anyone wants to watch yeah, it. Yeah, you can go watch it. Let's talk about Finn in this episode. Finn literally gets in a fight with Quinn because she doesn't want to name the baby Drizzle and she's like being distant right now. You know, she's pregnant and also 16. Like homegirl is going through it right now. And Finn says to her, Literally the most ridiculous crap I've ever seen in my life. He says, sometimes I wish you were a little more like Rachel. And it's like, okay, so I understand where Finn is coming from. I understand the feeling of like, because if you like knock someone up and then you're not supporting them, like, sorry, you don't get any say in the baby. Yeah. But Finn is like doing his best to help Quinn out. Yeah. So I do agree that he's like, it's not fair to me that like, I get no say in any mm-hmm. of this and you act like I'm like, you expect me to like support you and help you, but then I don't get any say in the decision-making. I totally understand where he's coming from, but like how tone deaf are you to be like, Oh man, I wish you, my pregnant girlfriend, was more like this girl that I clearly have the hots for. It is like... And not even... Finn. I know. And he doesn't even just have the hots for her. He has kissed her multiple times. Mm -hmm. He is actively cheating on her. And like, (sighs) the way he is still... And and the thing he says, it's not after Quinn calls him a moron, because Quinn does call him a moron. Mm -hmm. And then it would still be bad, but it's like, it just came out because he's angry. The thing that Quinn has just said is that her parents are going to burn her like a witch if they find out and she starts crying. And then he's like, man, like really hard for you. But why can't you be more like Rachel? (sighs) And it's so easy for Rachel. Rachel has very like very supportive parents. Like Jeff Goldblum and Brian Stokes Mitchell Mitchell. are fathers of the year. They are. (laughs) And they support her in like literally everything she does. So I feel like it's super easy for Rachel to be like, well, Quinn, why aren't you doing blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. But Quinn and Rachel come from very separate backgrounds. Like, of course, Quinn's not comfortable doing this. I don't understand. I have a problem with this show. I hate that this show keeps pitting the partner and the other woman together Mm -hmm. rather than having the partner like go talk to their partner like it is so annoying to me like with terry and emma last episode with rachel and quinn this episode and they just have these men in the middle that are just like face no consequences acting dumb too and like who facing no consequences Will is having, like, an active cheating relationship that was, like, all we yeah, talked and about it last is, week. And it is, like, Emma and Terry who are fighting who over are fighting it instead of Terry than... being, like, hey, Will, what are you doing? Exactly. Or Quinn being, like, well, something is, like, very clearly up. She, like, goes to Rachel to shut it down. Mm-hmm. Which, like, in my mind, we should not be, like, pitting women against each other. I have l- luckily, like, never been in this situation. But, like, I feel like you would go to your partner in that situation well before you would go to this other person that is they're cheating on you with i feel like they are obviously at fault for some of it but it's like let's like go to the source of this like you're dating this person you're married to this person yeah What's and up? like terry it makes more sense to me yeah. because terry is constantly afraid that will's gonna leave her exactly. and that's why she's lying about everything so it does make sense to me that terry won't confront will because she straight up is like if i confront him he'll leave exactly but quinn has such a like borderline unhealthy domineering relationship she with Finn. certainly does. That I'm like, what? 100% Quinn is the person who would go to Finn and be like, what are you doing? Shut this down. Mm-hmm. And she does say to him in this, she has a line in this episode that has confused me since I was 14. Okay. Where she's like, I know some men cheat on their wives and pregnant girlfriends, 
Just don't Just do it don't with her. Just don't do it with her. I can't put my finger on what it is about that line that I'm always like, why is that a line? It's I think it's just the acceptance of the fact that he's going to cheat. She's not like, you need to be here with me. She's like, you know what? If you're going to cheat, like whatever, I can't stop you. But just don't cheat with Rachel. It's like the line feels so out of character for Quinn. It is just a bad line and a motorcycle's driving by. Yeah. (laughs) And they're very loud. Thank you. I don't understand. I don't understand. And, you know, let's not forget Quinn cheated on on Finn. Yeah. So she's not, you know, and she's also, like, not nice to Finn. And I think there is some, like, truth to Finn being like, hey, you're not kind to me. Like, and, like, in a relationship well, being I like. I think he's 100% correct oh, certainly. on that thought specifically. Oh, for sure. But the way he phrases it, like. Oh, no. Saying you should be more like Rachel is terrible. Yeah. And also, like, saying you should be, like. The girl that you're cheating on your girlfriend with? Mm-hmm. Come on, Finn. Oh, my God. I just remembered that in the the scene where uh, Will is like, you guys are all minorities because, you know, Santana is Latina and Finn doesn't know his How rights you- from his lefts. Oh, my God. It's because he's stupid. <laughs> hey, stupid people are minorities. Hey, stupid people. You're minorities, Hey, stupid too. people. I'm so sorry that you've been discriminated against for hundreds of years. You are minorities, too. <laughs> Really fast, looking through my notes, I just, I, I'm trying to not just say every line I thought was funny. I know. I, I find that that's like the notes that I take is like. I know. It's just like this, j- this joke, but just two Sue lines that are too funny. I can't mm-hmm. not talk about them. Yeah. When she tells Will that he's always caring about the kids' feelings as if they're real. <laughs> When she's fighting with Will in Figgins' office and she goes, your psychosexual derangement would be fascinating if it wasn't so terrifying. I know. <laughs> I know. <sighs> it would be fascinating. Right. I love that scene with Principal Figgins and Sue and it's with Will. It very, is so it is one good. Of the ol- it's one of the only good Will scenes Literally. where I'm like, everything Will does in this scene I think is good. Yeah. Um. All right. Let's get on to the Kendra and Terry of it all. So... We have Kendra in this episode. And you and Kendra? me are big time Kendra lovers. But whoa. No, I adore Kendra in this episode. <laughs> Literally. Because she is the most Karen of any Karen. Oh, we my find God, out, she so is. She, we find out that she thinks that vaccinations made her kids stupid. Made her kids stupid. <laughs> and then she tells, she tells Dr. First of all, when, she, when they're in Dr. Wu's office mm-hmm. and he's tending to his bonsai tree, yeah. it cuts to Kendra's face and she's watching him like, what the crap are you doing? Like, Literally. What is wrong with you? Mm-hmm. And then she tells him that he messed up the birth of her kids because they're all idiots. And even though neither she or her husband have red hair, they're all creepy ginger kids. Creepy ginger and kids. And then she says to him that her theory as to why it happened is that he gave her too much Pitocin and it messed up their DNA. And he says, that's not a theory. You just made that, you just up, made that up. Which is the most Karen thing to ever I happen. Know. They're just like, and here's what happened. I just decided. I love Kendra. I know. I think she is so funny. So she's threatening this doctor, Dr. Wu, that if he doesn't fake this ultrasound for Terry, when Will shows up to the ultrasound, that that she's going to like release that story and then everyone is going to walk on they're over gonna, to They're going to close up their little legs and walk on over to, to Dr. Dr. Chin. <laughs> oh my God. It's so funny. Oh, close up their little legs. On the Terry of it all this episode, Terry. 
Jesslyn Gilsig is a master of underlying panic. Mm-hmm. When oh my god, she so is. When they're at the ultrasound, the look on her face, I'm like, I have been in this situation. My, I held my breath this and like every time she was on screen, I was mm-hmm. like... <gasps> Where you're like so afraid that someone's gonna find something out, yeah. but you have to pretend like nothing's wrong. Mm-hmm. And so you can see on her face that she's trying so hard to be happy, but she's like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. She's very good. She's so good. She's wonderful. She's got such a, a scared look in her eyes mm-hmm. at all times. Also, and the part where like she doesn't have her, her like bump, stomach her, on, her like mm-hmm. fake bump on, and then Will comes in and she's like, <laughs> like she's like freaking out and trying to put it on. I was like, oh my God, is this the, like, does he find out this episode? No. Like he finds out way later. Oh my gosh, so good. Wow, I love Jess and Gilsig. I love her. Here's uh, another note. Tell me the note. I've thought this for years, and I've been waiting for the perfect moment to say it in this podcast. <laughs> Why? This might just be me. Why does Matthew Morrison look like a turtle? <laughs> I think it's because when he cries, his mouth, his mouth is straight across and then like really harsh lines at the corners. And then he has like a very thick nasal labial fold. But when that man cries, I'm like, why is freaking Yertle the turtle crying on my screen right now? I have thought this since this show was first airing. Lena just pulled up a picture of Matthew Morrison <laughs> and he is fully shirtless and posing sexy. And I want to throw myself out the window right now. Find a different picture. How about this one? It needs to be him crying. Look at Matthew Morrison crying. I don't know what it is. He looks like a turtle. I see that in his mouth. Oh, <laughs> That's a turtle. Do you see it? <laughs> it's a turtle. Oh. Yeah, he does like a weird thing with his mouth where he yeah. like frowns a little and, bit. And it definitely like his like. Uh, and like, he like kind of like sucks in his lips. Uh-huh. Yeah. So it like. It like covers part, his like, teeth. Yeah. It like, does pokes the, like. out like kind of like. A yeah, like eek. the like divot thing that turtles have. <laughs> He's a turtle. <laughs> Matthew Morrison <laughs> is a turtle who their one wish was to become a human man and traumatize a whole generation, and that wish was granted. Did you know that Matthew Morrison and Leah Michelle dated? I did know that. Isn't that disgusting? I know. I follow this woman on TikTok and she like makes like graphs about like all the celebrities who've dated. And she said that she might make a Glee one. So when that one comes out, They've, we'll talk about it on the pod. All the Glee stars have banged. They've dated. And literally Ryan Murphy had to like make it a rule that they weren't allowed to like have he sex said, in trailers anymore. Yeah. Isn't yeah. that disgusting? I can't wait to talk about that. Wow. Ooh. Insane. What does Sue say about him in the episode where she's like, I don't trust men with curly hair. <laughs> she can't, she can't, she can't stop imagining birds laying sulfurous eggs <laughs> yeah, in it. Sulfurous. Oh my God. In fairness to Liam Michelle and Matthew Morrison, they are seven years apart, which isn't like yeah. a huge difference. Um, it's still it's grosses so gross. me out beyond I can, like more than I anything even, I can yeah, say. I, I don't even understand. Ew, 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 ew. I now you're just looking at freaking thirst traps of Matthew Morrison. I know. I need you to exit out of this I page. Can't stop. It's horrifying. I'm out. Okay, sorry. I don't need a sexy turtle. <laughs> don't. I don't no. need any Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles on that screen. <laughs> Get them out. Oh my god. Okay. All right. Okay. One more thought. This is my final thought about this episode that I should have addressed earlier, but I forgot okay. it. Tell me. I. Okay, so. 
Harry Shum Jr. and Dijon Talton, mm-hmm. who are Matt and Mike, were brought on to be dancers. They yes. were not giving any li- given any lines. Which is also, it makes it even more sad because Mike became a character, but Matt never did. Matt never did. You can tell Dijon Talton is begging those writers I to know. give him lines. He is so he sweet. He is like, his facial expressions, when Sue, hold up, what scene is it? Oh, when Sue and Will are fighting in the auditorium, it cuts to a shot that he's in. His face looks like he just saw his mom got hit by a car. He is like the most devastated. And in other season one episodes I've been watching, I've noticed it too. He, you can tell, it's like what Naya Rivera said, where she would like always roll her neck and like do everything to get them to give her more lines. All of these characters are doing that. That they're like really trying. Mm -hmm. He unfortunately is someone who really tried and it never worked. Does he get Does he get like fired or does he leave? Do you know? My understanding is that he, okay, so at the time, this is jumping ahead. Um, he's in all of season one. Mm-hmm. He went on tour with them. Yeah, I knew that. He's in the press photos for season two. <gasps> if you look at like season two is coming out yeah. and they have pictures of the whole cast, he's in it. And then he wasn't in season two. What I heard at the time was that he got fired because Whoa. in season two, spoiler alert, everyone, I'm so sorry. There, a big plot line at the beginning of season two is that they no longer have 12 members mm-hmm. and they need another member. Mm-hmm. And so what I heard was the writers essentially were like, sorry, Dijon, you're fired because we need this plot line to work. And it was like they blindsided him and it was really oh, ugly. That sucks. I have since heard, so maybe this is more true, that it was mutual. That mm. essentially he talked to the writers and was like, hey, I want you to give my character something to do or I'm going to leave. And they were like, well, sorry. And so he left. Yeah. So it was like kind of a mutual thing. I don't know which one of those is true, but based on the fact, like him getting fired and it coming out in the moment sounds very much like something a fan made up Mm -hmm. and then everyone latched onto. And now that we're like 10 years later and the official stories, it was mutual. I think it's more likely that he just straight up was like, this show isn't giving me anything to do and he left. And from watching the Glee project, I, you know, I've seen them like meet these people who really want to be on Glee, but they're like, what purpose do you serve on Glee? Like what character trait, like what mm-hmm. like caricature are you going to play? So I think it's, they're, I don't know. They're weird. They're weird about like, if this character doesn't like jump off the page, they don't really yeah. give it any time. Yeah. Cause obviously you can tell they don't know what to do with Tina. They don't know what to do with Quinn, with Quinn after this season. They don't know what to do with so many of these characters because like, They've well, spent so a, much time on Rachel and Kurt. That's a problem this whole show. There exactly. are characters that they have one episode focusing on, and mm-hmm. then they're like, oh, crap, they're in the show now, and they just ignore them. Yeah. Anyways. Anyways. That is a season wrap on WWE's SmackDown. SmackDown! Everyone, SmackDown! <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, what was your best part, worst part? Okay. Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. What was my best part? I, I should think about these yeah. before the podcast. I always I forget we I do best part, worst part until we get to and it. And then I always take yours. <laughs> That's true. Because I always go first. Hate on me. Good. Amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. I think, and like, those are the, like, watching them dance, watching them just interact and be cute, and Mercedes fronting a song is like the shit that makes me want to join Glee Club. It, they're incredible. It's amazing. That is beautiful. Amazing. Incredible. When I saw it, I was like, eee. Honestly, <laughs> and if, if, uh, Mercedes brought me a peach pie. You would not suffer I high. I would not suffer high. What was your best part, Ian? Uh, my best part was Jane Lynch. Oh, yeah. That for woman, sure. There is a reason that she is the biggest star to come out of the show. And like Lena said, like she had a career before this. But this is what made her like a mainstream people knew who she was. A Sue-focused episode 
no matter what, I'm going to have a yep. good time yep. and I'm going to laugh my butt off. But she is hysterical. Uh, honorable mention to the choreography and keep me hanging on. Yeah, loved it. I thought you were gonna say that, so I'm glad you mentioned it. I just I I was fighting between the two of them, and then mm-hmm. I was like, Jane Lynch takes Jane the cake. Lynch. And like, that's an Emmy-winning performance. It mm-hmm. really is. She is absolutely incredible in this episode. All right, what is your worst part? I think my worst part is, and I'm going back and forth. We have like two blaringly like terrible things in this episode uh, multiple things but two things that are really like that i'm fighting between we have the one um you know the the racism of it all the mm-hmm. the minority of it all you know and then we also have jacob ben israel literally sexually assaulting rachel every single episode for laughs for laughs for laughs for laughs and okay i i don't know and i don't know how to pick between those which one do you want <laughs> Oh, I don't. Mine's not either of those. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. well, but my worst part is both of those things. But like, just seeing a character like Jacob Ben Israel, who is you know another social outcast, being so terrible and getting no consequences. No once consequences again. is so terrible, and mm-hmm. I hate to see it. And the way he's like blackmailing Rachel to try and get to these other people and try and like his freaking blog it's his disgusting it's disgusting to me and like it's just really sad to see and rachel like shouldn't have to go through that she's a young kid like you know and i i agree with you when you say like it's cool to see that he's like run he's like running this perez hilton style like gossip blog but like it's really sad to see and i really don't like it all right ian what was your worst part okay I would just like to say the worst part of this episode probably is how the writers treated minorities and treated the whole show. Certainly. I just personally, my worst parts are always much more shallow than that. So I do, (laughs) I want to acknowledge that is a worse thing than this, but my worst part is keep holding on. Oh, although I do in like enjoy it, but the scene before it is so good Mm -hmm. and it just gets poisoned by that number. And it especially bothers me because that number could have been good. If they, a, picked a song that was less on the nose mm-hmm. and B focused more on Diana Agron and C all the other characters toned it down a notch. Yeah. If it was, if it was more clearly like these characters are just in a rehearsal, but she's dealing with other stuff. Yep. And so like, it's really hard to like watch her try and keep it together. And then the, and then like Finn also would be dealing with stuff, but the other mm-hmm. characters are just kind of rehearsing. It wouldn't be so cheesy, and therefore I think it would land much harder. Yeah. But, like, it borderline pushes into parody, yep. and I don't think they mean it to be parody. Exactly. Like, it's it doesn't go like... far enough to be parody, oh, certainly. but it's too heavy-handed to be serious. And it's almost like, it's as if Will was like, okay, Quinn, I know you're teen pregnant. We're going to do this fun thing Seriously, for you. We're going to sing Keep Holding On. We're going to sing Keep Holding On just for you, cute girl. And like, everyone's going to scream in your face. Don't worry. It's so weird. It's so weird. And like, Quinn is beautiful in this number. And I like that it ends like just on her face. And just and, with like, her with breathing. silence. Oh my God. I literally was like, I wrote that in my notes. I was like, oh my God. Her silent sobs carry me. I'm in love. <laughs> I'm in love with her. <laughs> No, for real. She's great in this episode, too. I love her. Diana Agron. Well, there it is. There it is. Um, As always, follow us on Twitter at Recovering Mm -hmm. Gleek. TikTok and Instagram at Recovering Gleek underscore podcast. Mm -hmm. Go on Apple Music, iTunes, whatever. Leave us a review. 
like, uh, yeah, leave us a review, rate our podcast. That is very helpful because um, the more high reviews it gets, yeah. the more it will pop up on people's iTunes and more people listen to it. And, yeah. you know, we love having people listen we to do. us laugh at our own jokes. We so it's do. our favorite thing. It really is. You're really feeding our egos. <laughs> All right. Well, um, thanks for listening, you guys. Thank you for listening, everyone. Oh, my gosh. You know what, everyone? You are all minorities because you listen <gasps> ah, to our podcast. Ew, ew, Ian, shut <laughs> up, burn it, fire, gross, jail. <laughs> Everyone, let's all go make things better for actual minorities for actual- and spread <laughs> some glee. Is not a Finn Hudson, we love him to death. Some glee. He's not. Oh yeah, I do love him. Goodbye. Goodbye. Love you guys. Thanks wait, for listening. Wait, wait, wait. We're gonna. I'm gonna count to three, and on three, we're gonna pick a harmony. We're gonna pick a harmony. Oh, you know. On it. goodbye, though. Okay. One, two, three. Goodbye. goodbye. Why, why did we do the same thing? We did the exact same thing. No way. Let's try again. What's I don't know. Okay. Wait. Okay. I think I know where we're doing that. What, were we being curtains on a music? I think it was sound of music. <laughs> <laughs> We're the we're too similar. Okay, again. Okay, new one, new one, new one, new one, new one. You good? Yep. One, two, three. Goodbye. (laughs) Bye, everyone. Bye. Love you. See you later. Thank you for listening to Recovering Gleek. You can find us on Instagram and TikTok at recoveringgleek underscore podcast. If you liked our podcast, be sure to leave a review and tell your friends, please.